0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. This week's movies are Barren Blood and A Bay of Blood. Which is more, a barren or a bay?
1: Drive away your worries
0: and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted.
2: You're, You're basically dipping pizza into melted ice cream juice. Yeah, I see where you're going with that. And, and then you've got marinara sauce and pizza grease dripping into your ice cream.
3: <laughs> They're both tainted.
2: Yeah,
3: because for some reason, as you were saying this, it never occurred to me that the pizza would be hot. I just assumed this is something you do when you're hungover the morning after. So the pizza would automatically be cold and therefore it wouldn't the two wouldn't uh, <laughs> mix as much. But when you say it like that, I think I agree with you. It's not a good idea. So I finally agree on something.
1: <laughs> um. So is
2: is everybody delaying out, or is that my internet?
1: Uh, I think it's just you.
3: Yeah. Fucking great. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we tell him it's him, and then there's a delay before we get an answer. That's how we know it is him. Uh.
1: Sad. Well, I will say that apparently Teen Vogue has let us know that pizza ice cream is a thing that exists. So. Oh, uh Philadelphia's Little Baby Ice Cream recently posted a photo to Instagram of suspiciously orange-looking ice cream, with the caption "Pizza, a total suitable dinner." Pizza ice cream. Let's see, fucking Philadelphia, bunch of savages. This is- <laughs> uh, Little babies. Other also sells flavors including grape, grape nuts, and Earl Grey, Sriracha. Right.
3: Can you? Uh- message us the name and address of that location so we know never to go there.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, I have had uh, chocolate-covered oh. bacon
2: ice cream and it was vile.
1: And they also posted a picture of a slice of pizza with an ice cream. Scoop of ice cream on top of it. So oh. everything, everything Noah's talking about has come to fruition on this <laughs> one website. <laughs>
3: Well, let's hope it only applies to this conversation, because we don't need the rest of the shit he says coming true.
2: <laughs> it's like when you're typing something into Google and you're just praying that there isn't going to be internet porn of the thing that you're typing in popping up, and then there is.
1: Yeah, there's internet porn of everything.
3: There's literally um, internet porn of everything. There used to be yeah. a game we'd play, which we'd, just, we'd uh, back in the day, me and my friends, we'd, each, we'd type, each type our name in and like start counting down to see how many entries you had to go through till you got to porn. And it was never very far.
1: <laughs> back in the early drunken zombie days, on our forums we used to play a game called Porn or Surgery. Uh, which was akin to back in the day when you had those, those scrambled cable channels. Okay. And you were trying to see, is this, a, is this a porn channel I'm trying to watch, or is this a surgery channel, and I just can't tell the difference. So... We had a listener that would sort of blur up pictures and you had to tell if it was porn or surgery. Well,
2: that's, that's upsetting.
1: <laughs> that's a fun game. I miss it sometimes. <laughs> so, Doug, how was, your, how was your vacation?
3: It was uh, excellent and exhausting. Yeah. So... You guys are looking for a nice, calm way to relax. Renting a cottage is good. Renting a cottage with a toddler is not good. That's that's my response.
2: Well, if you add the with a toddler onto anything, it's no longer (laughs) like relaxing. Hot tub, relaxing. Hot tub with a toddler, chaos.
3: (laughs) Pretty much, yep. (laughs) You do get to have some unique experiences. I have now worn pajamas into a lake to retrieve Toddler size shoes. Didn't think I'd ever have <laughs> to do that in my life. No, I have done it. So,
1: uh, good lord. It's like, please don't throw your shoes into the lake. Oh,
3: it was literally like, don't throw anything in the lake. I'm taking everything away, so you can have nothing left. To th- you took your shoe off and threw it in the lake. <laughs> and as I was walking back towards him, carrying a shoe, the other shoe flew by me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, having kids sounds awesome. <laughs> it's,
3: it's a unique experience, put it that way. I have no regrets.
1: Uh, well, I'm on vacation, but I decided not to go anywhere. So I've just been hanging out at home for almost a week, not doing anything.
3: Well, you have a new 75-inch TV. I think we
1: would all take yeah. a week off if we
3: got one of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's good. Played Fortnite on it. I'm just like this is amazing. Amanda did give me uh, one of those Raspberry Pi things that you can play old video games on. Oh yeah! So I'm tempted. I haven't hooked it up to the 75 inch yet, but it's like, do I play like old, old uh, Nintendo games that are all pixelized on a 75 inch 4K TV? I feel like you have to. <laughs> uh, I was sad though. My friend West gave me. Because he has, like, you know, a shit ton of video games on his computer. So he gave me a bunch of them. And I'm disappointed that the uh, horrible Back to the Future game was not on it. Because I wanted to see what that looked like on a 35 inch TV, but.
3: I suppose by definition it would look horrible.
1: Probably. I
2: have exactly 80 days until my vacation.
1: What are you doing for your vacation?
2: Uh, going on a cruise? Going to Honduras and uh, Mexico
1: and the Cape No, see, that's too much.
3: Uh, plus, it's a cruise ship. Your luck's not that great. It's going to be one of those ones where the bathrooms don't work and people are puking over the side. <laughs> you're not allowed to come back ashore because they're, they're worried some disease is going around the boat, so you're all isolated. I'm okay with all those things.
1: Uh,
2: i really need i really need a vacation don't think i won't fucking take a
3: poo in one of their swimming pools
1: jesus christ note to self don't ever go on a cruise noah
3: no note to self stop having banter and just go straight to discussing the
1: movies (laughs) all right well doug why don't you tell us about uh bay of blood
3: why don't I? Because it's a really complicated movie and I don't always understand what's happening.
1: <laughs> That's why you get to do it, not me.
3: Um, let's see. A Bay of Blood is a, it opens with an old lady in a wheelchair being murdered followed by the person who murdered her being murdered. We then <laughs> cut away. Um, a Syria group of teens shows up an entire Friday the 13th movie happens. <laughs> basically. Uh, and then a whole bunch more people show up, and everybody's killing everybody.
1: Yeah, I would say a very Scooby-Doo-esque plot unfolds where <laughs> someone's really trying is. to scare people away so they can open up a resort or something on the beach. It's...
3: Yeah, it's near as I can tell. It's like people are trying to kill the old couple that owns this land so they can inherit it in order to sell it, in order to... These other people are trying to build a resort, but the illegitimate son of the woman who's murdered in the opening scene is also a fisherman who lives like in a shack on our property. He fishes exclusively for octopus, which is interesting. And He kills some of the people when he finds out that they killed his mom, but then there's people trying to kill him so that they will inherit the property instead of him. And there's a weird guy that just likes to play with bugs and he doesn't kill anybody, but he just tries to call the cops once, so he's gone. Somebody (laughs) takes him out. (laughs) Um, His wife's kind of a bitch, too, so they cut her head off. Yeah, she had it coming. She's like the only character in the whole movie. where I'm like, yeah, she had that coming. She was just annoying from... the minute uh, the the movie started so glad they killed her (laughs) I guess (laughs) given my complete lack of a plot description did the movie make a lot of sense to you guys because it
1: didn't didn't mean to to
3: me Uh, I, I I think I followed it for the most part
2: after like about the halfway point but there is still one burning question and that's Why the fuck did they kill the teenagers?
1: Uh, I took that as that she discovered that dead body so then they had to kill her and thus if they killed her they had to kill all the other ones to cover up the discovery of said body.
2: Okay. I, I accept that because the whole time I was like okay, well, they're all killing each other to try to inherit the property. I, I get that. and They all have their little yeah. ulterior motives. But then I, I, toward the end of the movie, I was like, wait, who the fuck did they kill all the teenagers? <laughs> Especially the redhead
3: who just wanted to swim naked.
1: Yeah, it's because she found the body.
3: That's, see, that's interesting because you guys put all this thought into it. And I researched, and that thing that they killed her with is called a bill hook. And that thing is awesome. i want to get one of those just to have in my house (laughs) remember right they're for they're for like gutting big things right no it's like a gardening tool for chopping your way through vines and stuff i think
1: well i just learned that the uh the guy living on the island that fishes for octopus was the illegitimate son so that's how confusing i thought it was
3: <laughs> i i got that from wikipedia i won't lie <laughs> when i was looking up bill hooks i had just i had to read the plot description of the movie
1: oh huh. yeah yeah it's uh it's a weird like i posted i was watching it and somebody commented like oh man that movie's all over the place and i was like you are correct
3: Like I think everything ends up making sense. Mm -hmm. I I think part of the problem is it's like this old Italian dubbed movie, which are inherently hard to follow because the dubbing is never done that well, um, and it's they always have weird names. So if you can't remember the face of somebody, and then given that it's from the '70s, they all have those weird '70s haircuts. So everybody kind of looks the same a little bit.
1: Yeah, they all have brown hair and the same like Mike Brady haircut.
3: Yeah so it becomes difficult to know who's who like you can always tell the women cuz the women are all like they make sure we're, they make sure there's usually like three or four women in, the, in each of these movies and they're always like they fit a different stereotype of women so, <laughs> cuz it's easier to exploit them that way but it's yeah this is a very confusing movie
2: and the fact that at the very like the last 20 minutes of the movie they decide to start going into flashback mode yeah that, that was helpful <laughs> and yeah it's just like wait no wait no is that the guy that got stabbed yeah that's the guy that got stabbed wait okay now he's selling it to the guy he's trying to kill that doesn't oh this is in the past
1: okay yeah yeah I had lots of that too like oh so apparently this guy's working with that lady then so he was faking being stabbed earlier oh no, this is a flashback okay okay it is
3: it is a very confusing number of plot twists that go on (laughs) but all the kills are dope oh yeah
1: I will say that yeah
3: I will say like I would recommend this movie like spoiler alert for for the end of this conversation the opening kill of the woman in the wheelchair where they put like a noose around her neck and kick her wheelchair from under her (laughs) that's enough to get me to say yeah like that is so well done I'm like right on board for this movie I don't care what the plot is and a number of the other kills are Really, really
2: good second second kill had me worried because I was worried the whole thing was going to be gi- Giallo
3: esque, just seeing hands stabbing people. Yeah, but that's really the only kill that is in that Giallo formula.
2: Yeah, no, they mix it, they do a pretty good job of mixing it up. I mean, you get you get a couple people bill hooked, but they get bill hooked in different ways.
3: Well, that's the beauty of the bill hook as a killing utensil.
2: God, I yeah. will. I found found out that Friday the 13th totally ripped off the uh, shish kebab couple having sex.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd always heard that they had ripped it off from this movie.
2: Oh, yeah. Like,
3: shot for shot on it, too. Because isn't it in Friday the 13th, isn't it like the spear that the guy was using for his costume as well that they used in that? Yeah. Because it's Friday the 13th part 2, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's when they're telling the... uh, the ghost yeah. story around the, the campfire and he comes out with a mask and like the, a...
3: The, ma- the mask and a spear, just like the guy in this movie had a mask and a spear. Yep,
1: yep.
3: <laughs> it's, yeah, it is yeah, like... Apparently he was a Baba fan. <laughs>
1: so,
3: there's like, like... I don't know, I, I wasn't going to get into it this early in the conversation, but there's like a lot of influence that this movie has on the Friday the 13th series. Like, mm. it starts with the girl that goes skinny dipping and ends up getting killed. Like, that yeah. is a staple in the Friday the 13th movie. You see, like the, the bill hook to that guy's face is very yep. similar to the axe to the girl's face in uh, part First one, one. Yeah. or or the machete to the face of the guy in the wheelchair in part two.
1: Yeah. Yep.
3: You've got like, and then you've got all these shots, like you've got all these shots of like the uh, establishing shots of the bay, that with this like serene music playing, and they sort of use them as like act breaks in this movie, mm-hmm. but it looks it's very reminiscent of the ending of Friday the 13th, those kind of serene shots of the lake, the soft music playing before Jason jumps out of the water there. Yeah. And then even the killer even leaves all the bodies to be found by other people
1: and in this
3: movie, like Paul like he puts them all in like a bathroom together, mm-hmm. like, so that other yeah. people. can Even, even, though, the even though there's 20 killers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Only one of the killers does that it's the one that killed the teenagers, which was the the fisherman guy? No,
2: the old guy with the necklace. Oh.
1: (laughs) We don't even know.
2: No, it is. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's the old guy with the necklace. Remember, because they find him. She finds the bodies in his house. Yeah. Because that was his house they broke into, and then he comes after her, she stabs him in the leg, and
3: Okay, and, and here's part of the confusion there, because I didn't know if he was coming after her. <laughs> and maybe, I don't know if that's the acting or the way it was shot or what, but when he was, like, coming towards her, I'm like, is he trying to kill her, or did he come home and find somebody in his house, and now he sees a bunch of bodies, and he's scared too, and then she stabs him, like, through the door. And that's when I stopped thinking about it. I'm like, that's kind of neat. She stabbed him right through the door like that? <laughs>
1: yeah yeah the, like like we said the kills are good <laughs> the story's
2: yeah. the story's so fucking all over the place i was i was ple- pleasantly surprised in addition to like the uh the kind of inventiveness of the killing you know it's not all the same mm-hmm. thing it's got a good body count and for an italian movie it's got realistic gore and blood colored blood
3: yeah mm-hmm. very unusual for the movies of this era
2: oh my god, it caught me way fucking off guard. I was like, what in the fuck? <laughs> I was like, is this? How have I never seen
3: this before? You know what was really cool? My favorite shot of the whole movie was when the the bill hook goes into the one guy's face and he goes down and then we get to watch him pull it out and the, the, you just see the face with yeah. the big slit down the front. That was really good.
1: Yeah, that was awesome.
3: Yeah, I was like... The gorehound, like slasher fan, in me was loving this movie on that level. Um, like I say, the plot, and at that point, in the movie, like throughout the point where the teenagers show up for no reason and get killed off for no reason, <laughs> I'm just in slasher mode. I don't under, I don't care why they're being killed off, and when all the weird plot twists happen after, mm-hmm. it's like, oh well.
1: Yeah, I definitely funny. stopped. Stop trying to pay attention to any sort of plot logic for anything. I'm like, well people get killed let's just watch we'll watch for that that's fine if
2: I were to have infinite monies and the powers of god in order to remake movies the way I see fit I would put even less plot into this movie and then at the very end of the movie I would have somebody Tim Curry and Clue-esque running around explaining who all killed who <laughs> throughout the movie and then he's immediately killed
3: Well, I think, yeah, the the producers of Friday the 13th did half of what you just said. They just took some of the plot out of the movie and there you go. (laughs) Because it it really feels like Friday the 13th is like a remake of the middle part of this movie. (laughs) Plot's too confusing. We don't know how to remake that part. Just, Just the killing part.
2: And what did you guys think
3: about the ending? Where the, oh Yeah. I missed that part in my plot description, allow me to go back. <laughs> when the final two people have uh, finished the final kill and they've won and they are now going to inherit the uh, the property, they're walking back to the trailer that they live in or are staying in. I don't know if they live there or whatever. But And then their own kids just shoot them for no reason. <laughs> is like a PSA on gun safety. If all you have your guns, the kids seem to think that the parents are playing dead, so they just move on to play another game.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the best part, because the best part is they're like, Mommy and Daddy, bang! And, you know, they both die, and you're (laughs) like... Wait, are they gonna infer that the little kids are now plotting to take the fucking? Thing? <laughs> I wish. I was like, is this gonna end with some kind of fucking crazy Damien Omen twist at the end? I was not seeing, and I was like, oh nope, they were just playing with the gun. They're just would- fucking
3: <laughs> dumb little kids. That would be amazing though if the kids like then were like just all excited because they inherited the house because it had like a really good like swing set in the backyard or whatever.
1: <laughs>
2: we're going to be rich. <laughs> yeah,
3: that is an out-of-nowhere twist that yeah. makes less sense than the rest of the movie, but was surprisingly easier to understand because there were so few characters left that it was easy to follow.
2: I would say it makes it makes Italian sense because Italian movie tend <laughs> to just fucking end at some point. And I was like, "Oh shit! These two are going to get away with that." I was like, "That's yeah. that's a nice, neat, and tidy end for an Italian movie." <laughs> <laughs> Mommy
1: and Daddy, bang! <laughs> oh no, no! no, there it is. There's the, there's the weird fucking movie over moment. Yeah, I just sat there going, "Wait, did this just fucking happen?" Like, <laughs> all oh, of this yeah. whole movie was pointless now because the kids are just like, "Bang!" and then parents are dead let's go play at the bay and they just run off credits roll i'm just like what the fuck just happened
3: yeah i and i'd seen this before only once i think but i was like i rewound it i'm like i don't remember this movie having killer kids in it but <laughs> I'm like no no that's that's what happened
1: yeah and two kids that just popped up out of nowhere
3: uh, yeah i think they had one scene earlier in Movie where the parents were like, "We have to go kill all your relatives," so we'll don't worry, away. they're sleeping, <laughs> and then they immediately get up and look
2: out the window, like real children. Of course, yeah. Uh, but nine and a half out of ten
1: stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: it loses it loses a half a star just because the plot cannot be followed.
1: <laughs> and it's
3: it's one of those weird things where I'm pretty sure the plot makes sense. But I don't know how to tell you what the plot is <laughs> because I'm I'm just like I'm, it's so convoluted. But I think if you follow it through, you'll find it. It's all explained within the movie. You would just have to sit there with a pen and paper and write down everybody's yeah. name and their relationships, and then erase the line when they announce that that relationship isn't actually what you thought it was. And then you write down the one guy's a fisherman, but then he only catches octopuses. So you have to find out: is that really a fisherman? Does that count as fishing, or is there a different name for that? It's all very confusing. What? So what? What subgenre would you guys?
2: Is this a oh. slasher? <laughs> Just, doesn't a slasher like, by definition, have like one killer?
3: Yeah, it's not a slasher, because yeah, a slasher is not this complex. Um, I don't think it, I don't think it, and it's it's way before the slasher genre even really existed too it's 71 or 72 mm-hmm. so I mean even even Black Christmas was proto, after
2: this pro, proto slasher pre slasher yeah like because <sighs> I mean other, of- other than that it's it follows the tropes of a slasher just not the plot Ideas of
3: slasher. because I mean, at this time in Italy, most of the movies that had like big exploitative kills like this one does would be called giallo, but this certainly doesn't fit that. Mm-hmm. Um, geez, I don't know. I, yeah, it's like fucking. It's Italian battle royale. Like I don't
2: know. I don't know how to, fucking, know how to describe this movie. Like, fucking. There's no. I can't think of a... Maybe a movie like Very, Very Bad Things or something like that is kind of like a relative line to the idea of the plot where something is initiated and then just everybody slowly fucking stabs each other to death.
3: Yeah, I don't know, know what you call movies like that where like one little thing goes wrong and it eventually just skyrockets until everything is all fucked up. But it's it's that whatever that's called
2: I'm just saying this This movie skyrocketed to, on my list this, is, this <laughs> is up there if somebody made me make a list of favorite horror movies I have to put this on there now because man it's a lot of kills and they're all good <laughs> Yeah, love me, me a movie with a lot of bodies
1: does uh, IMDB classify it as I'm curious horror mystery thriller <sighs>
3: Okay, mystery. Yeah, I mean, we we still don't understand the plot, and there's three of us that watched it, so it's definitely a mystery. <laughs> Horror. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I feel you know, like you killing know, and gore.
2: I feel like a mystery though implies that you could solve it, but it's, <laughs> but you can't solve it because it's just. Look, here's a revelation. Stab. Here's a revelation. Stab.
3: Yeah, I don't. Like, do you guys remember like the movie Wild Things that was only famous because it had a threesome scene in it?
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: But do you do you remember like the first time you saw it, and then like at the end of the movie when the plot's over, there's like four or five plot twists that happen like during the
1: credits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: that's what this whole movie was, really.
1: Yeah, just the just the plot, the plot twist, twist spread out over a, an hour and hour and a half.
3: Well, not even really, because there. Was, okay, so this movie is. Confusing opening scene, but cool kill, so who cares that it's confusing? Then a Friday the 13th movie, then about 40 minutes of the credit sequence from Wild Things. (laughs) So, there you go, Noah. You tell me what subgenre that fits into, I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't fucking... It's it's interesting that it
2: borders right on different things, but it definitely doesn't fit in that box. Like I said, I would call it
3: maybe proto-slasher. This is a pre-slasher. Sure, yeah. Like, it's before the slasher formula came into existence, but it was after people had figured out that audiences enjoy watching people be murdered in fun ways.
2: I'd like to to think they were like, we will have one killer, and somebody was like, no one killer would kill that many people, no one would watch that shit.
3: (laughs) It really does seem like it's like the classic thing, though. They're like, european audiences are, have these like long convoluted plot and we're like well we like the killing part so uh for north american audiences can we just have like no plot and just the killing and like yeah we'll make a bunch of those no problem what else can we
2: do to sell it to americans sexy redhead swimming naked for twenty-five minutes
3: <laughs> she's naked for a while she is but... she's naked for a significant amount of time and it's like she's naked for a while, and then a dead body just, like, drifts towards her, and she doesn't even notice until it touches her. It's really weird.
2: <laughs> her death is really good, too, because she gets, like, uh, she gets bill hooked too, but, like, it,
3: like, pulls on her neck, and I don't know how they did that effect, but it's real cool looking. Yeah, so for people who don't know what a bill hook is, it's like a machete, but it's got, like, a sickle-like hook on the end of it. So you can use it for like grabbing on with the hook or just swinging as a traditional knife.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I'll find a good picture of a bill hook
1: and put it on the official midnight driving Instagram so everyone can see it. Yeah, so it um, means you gotta go you gotta go follow to to know what we're talking about. You can't Google it yourself.
3: No, you can't Google it. <laughs> if you Google it yourself, you'll never find anything. It's impossible <laughs> to get information that
1: way. Um, so here's something that may uh that may help clear up why this movie has no plot uh <clears throat> so in the trivia it says uh frederico fellini once commented that he worked on writing a horror film for an acquaintance who gave him a script with numerous depictions of murders but not one thread of a story connecting them <laughs> many believe it was mario bava he was referring to in particular this movie after a month of having all of his ideas rejected he told the filmmaker to shoot the script and figure out the story later he stated this might have been the best advice he ever gave another filmmaker.
3: <laughs> Ten stars! <sighs> Shoot the script and figure out the story later. That makes me happy.
1: Uh, people at the Alvarez Film Festival gave uh, awarded the film the Best Makeup and Special Effects Award. I agree
3: with I agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> the, the effects in this movie are really good, especially for the era.
1: Hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That the
2: the uh, decapitation got mm-hmm. some like straight up spine sticking out there. It's
1: pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, what the fuck is that thing called, Doug? I think that. The uh, yeah, the hook thing to the face was probably my favorite one.
3: It was really well executed and like i say when he stops to pull it back out and you get that kind of close-up of the face with the big slit down the middle of it
0: mm-hmm.
3: that is a uh, yeah that's that's probably my favorite moment of the film too i guess it's- um there's so many good ones
2: it's always great when you can linger on a special effect like that with the camera and it doesn't mm-hmm. lose anything yeah
1: right. Uh, so, any, any other favorite parts about the movie?
3: I, I will reiterate that opening—that uh, opening kill, lady in the wheelchair. Like, it's mm-hmm. not very often when you get to see somebody in a wheelchair killed, and when they can do it in such a cool way, and really use the chair as a method of killing. I think that was a nice touch.
1: Yeah, it was pretty awesome. The the nice little kick, yeah. kick of the chair, and it flies off.
3: And it was a good way to kick off a movie with like a really confusing plot line too, because you get the murder, and immediately the murderer was murdered, and it's like, okay, that's what we're in now, and we should have all seen the foreshadowing coming that that's what was going to happen for the last forty minutes of the movie as well. <laughs> but the other thing I would say is I think this movie is shot extremely well, okay. and I think Baba actually shot it himself. If I read the credits correctly, yes this is like. There's the use of the POV shots is done really well. There's a, a particular zoom thing that he does, which he actually uses a lot in the next movie as well, that I think works really well. There's certain shots where it's like just, you can just see the killer's like one eye sticking out that I think are really effective. And then even just those like, there's like shots of the bay that are all done from like different angles and through different levels of foliage so sometimes you can see it really clearly and sometimes you can't. And uh, when one of the shots it's like raining and they capture just the, the water hitting, the rain hitting the water in just the perfect way. I think it's all extremely well like filmed, which is kind of rare for movies from the 70s. They weren't as interested in camera angles and stuff back then as they would be in later films, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, anything else? We move on to Baron of Blood.
3: oh I recommend Yeah, good recommend. I mean, it's not the kind of movie you want to watch if you don't if you can't pay attention. Because somebody <laughs> might ask you what it's about later, and look at look at how much of a stammering idiot I <laughs> became when you guys asked me.
2: <laughs> uh, also, if uh, if the person you're watching the movie with has a sensitive constitution, probably not a good movie for them.
1: Are you saying this because you watched it with your girlfriend?
3: Well, here's the thing. So,
1: I feel like every. she's going to
3: correct you with ex-girlfriend right now.
1: Yeah, every good story starts with, well, here's the thing.
3: No, it's just, so I watched Baron Blood
2: kind of on my own. And while it's uh, it's got its moments we're going to get into it in a minute, there aren't a lot of on-screen shenanigans if, right. if that makes sense. And then we're watching it. <laughs> the first little bit she didn't see with the lady getting hung and then you know the guy getting stabbed. And I was like, okay, that's not so bad. We can. It's going to be Giallo-esque. This will be fine. And then of course Bill Hook! Bill Hook! Bill Hook! And it's like, oh
1: shit! <laughs> She's like, Noah, damn it! And hits you and leaves I, the room.
2: Oh, I think I even said it because so she she like looked away when the chick gets Bill hooked in the neck and she was like tell me whenever it's over and of course it's just waiting, waiting, <laughs> and waiting and waiting and finally it goes off of her and I was like okay you're good and she looks back and it goes back to her and I was like ah,
1: <laughs>
2: and then she walked out of the room to do something and that's when guy gets Bill hooked in the face and I was like oh, I'm glad she didn't see that one. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Needless to say, she
3: was not a fan.
1: <laughs> Zero stars.
3: Zero stars. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> a bill hook on Amazon.ca is $94. Wow.
1: Oh.
3: I mean, you must be able to get them cheaper than that. Well, but you really need a quality bill hook. I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, for all your bill hooking needs, you need a good, sturdy one. All right.
3: I won't yeah. order it right yet then. Sorry, move on with the show.
1: So Noah, <laughs> since you said you watched uh, Barren Blood without without your lovely girlfriend, why don't you tell us what it's about? Uh,
2: a guy goes to visit a castle where uh, apparently one of his ancestors lived. Uh, he brings with him a... Well, I don't know if he brought it with him. I can't remember where he got it. This movie, I, I lost interest several times.
3: Brought it with him
2: some kind of a spell book and then they're exploring and he's like I'm gonna go down into the creepy murder basement and read from the spell book and the lady he's with is like I don't think you should do that He's like yeah I'm gonna do that and so he does it and things start to get weird so he reads the anti incantation to make it go away and it seems to go away so we're all good then he goes back to the basement
0: does it again (laughs)
2: this time bringing his ancestor back from the dead who apparently is a torturous douchey nutbag uh, who then proceeds to murder people in various uh, ways and uh, then of course there are people who it might be who is the Baron is it this guy, is it that guy is it the completely suspicious German guy in the wheelchair that is brought in in the third act like that blatantly has interest in the castle could it possibly be him
3: <laughs> it is I, I like to think the filmmakers have enough respect for the audience that they did not believe that we would buy into any of the red herrings they knew damn well that we would know it was him the whole time
2: <laughs> uh confrontation in- you left out the witch Oh,
1: there's a witch Uh, Yeah, that's about where I'm at too See,
3: you guys Do not enjoy this movie nearly as much as I do I really like this one And I was nervous going in because this is Like a childhood favorite of mine When I was a little Mm -hmm. kid I watched this a lot And probably when I was like Too young to be watching it And uh, I remember it being like really scary At the time and uh so i was kind of nervous with the rewatch but i actually found the movie to be pretty effective not scary like it was when i was a kid but i thought a lot of the a lot of the moments were good i thought the effects were good i thought you know okay the plot line is a guy reads an incantation and brings his murderous ancestor back to life but as far as plots go that makes as much sense as anything for a movie
2: yeah Um, I think part of the thing that lost me is whenever he, you know, brings it back, he comes out and he's all mush-faced. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, yeah, mush-faced maniac. I can get down with mush-faced maniac. Mush-faced it's like a good...
1: pilgrim-looking maniac, too, yeah, which I thought yeah. was going to be awesome.
2: Yeah, that's all right. And But then, of course, he goes to the plastic surgeon guy who fixes him, and then you're like, huh. Oh. <laughs> no, bueno. I wanted mush-faced guy killing yeah. people, not some random guy. Right?
1: Yeah, whenever the Baron was running around in his Pilgrim outfit killing people, I was all about it. Then they do all this other stuff that I about fell asleep during multiple times.
2: Yeah, there's a big lull. Because, like, the, the beginning of the movie takes off real fucking slow, and then, like, right after the Baron shows up, there's a lot of, like, action and a lot of people die, like, real fast. And then it
3: slows way back down and kind of drags until the end of the movie. Well, yeah, it, it there's a whole... Section of the movie where the rest of the people are figuring out who the Baron is, even though it's obvious to the audience, and they're uh, they're trying to convince the police to get involved at one point, which is sort of hilarious because like, yeah, we brought the old Baron back to life, and the cops are like, "All right, have a nice day." <laughs> um, you know, it, yes, there is that whole middle part. They go visit that medium, and she explains to them what. Uh, what's going on, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I gotta say, I found, I don't know, this movie had a certain charm to it that I enjoy. Um, I thought some of the creepier moments were effectively creepy. I liked, there was something about the old guy in the wheelchair like, that I find him off-putting and, ups- and upsetting, and I feel like if I was in a room with him, I would want to leave that room. And I that made him perfect for the role. Is it because he's German? I, it's are probably you? there's probably a connection between are, him being German and me feeling that way about him. Yes. Are you are you a German racist? Not directly, but I uh, yeah I don't know. And I mean, I th- a lot of it is the way it was shot. Like there was a lot of that zoom function used when he would talk, and it would zoom in on his face, and his voice was definitely creepy so i'm I'm kind of surprised how dismissive you guys are of this film,
2: not not exactly dismissive. I think that it's uh the the laggy bits kind of mess especially since I was watching it whenever I was tired and it yeah, was hard to, it was real hard to stay in I don't think it's a bad movie, and I think that if I was more awake, I might have been more entertained by it
3: yeah it's definitely a slower paced film than of blood there's a lot fewer deaths the deaths are not as creative they're not as there's they're not really on-screen deaths they tend to be the kind of off-screen more giallo-esque actually in some ways um and they you know but then you get to see the guy like when they all go back and he's got the bodies hung on the castle it's like a stand-up and cheer moment for me i'm like that's awesome he's he's A murderer who's displaying his bodies for everybody's, but he's claiming that he's put fake bodies up there. I'm like, good for him. That's
1: good for him.
3: And I love it. I liked. I liked the the scene a lot at the end when they are in the uh, they're in the torture chamber. We don't see a lot of actual torture. We kind of see them go from him knocking them all unconscious do they all wake up in the torture chamber having clearly been tortured for a while already but i thought that was like a genuinely kind of creepy moment and i like that they all were just looking there looking like they were like "Fuck, what are we gonna do now and then they have the magic ending which is a little weird but fun to watch she drops her amulet on a dead body, so all the dead bodies come back and kill the murderer, which is a unique way to end your film. You were mentioning it with the last one. It's like these Italian movies just have these fucking yeah, they, movies yeah, over they, moments. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah,
2: movies movies over.
3: Yeah, they were like it's literally like all our main characters are being tortured and she dropped her amulet, which by the way, I think they that amulet just got dropped halfway in the movie. They're just like, and she has an amulet and <laughs> then <laughs> and then it just drops in the body all the corpses come back but it was I think it was really cool to watch all those corpses come back to life and storm the torture chamber and as we, we see it sort of see them pinning the Baron up into his own torture instruments as the uh, as the heroes run out I like it quite a bit
1: well good for you oh, god damn it imagine <laughs> if
3: the Baron had a
2: I I would yeah. say I'm glad I watched him in the order that I did because I probably would have been more disappointed
3: with Baron Blood if I had watched Bay of Blood first. Uh,
1: see, that's well, what I did.
3: They're extremely different movies which is interesting because they're both directed by the same guy at around the same time. Um, but yeah, like, Baron Blood doesn't ha- isn't all about on-screen kills. It has actual, like, people who are, like, you can follow the plot. It's much more it's much simpler even though it's not as simple as, like, maybe making it sound there is like an investigative element to it um, but it's it's a very very different movie it relies much more heavily on atmosphere and I guess just more just there to entertain there's no exploitation element to it the way there is with Bay of Blood it's like you know get the big make you cheer kind of kills yeah yes don't give a shit about <laughs> anything I'm saying <laughs> why'd you make us watch this movie Doug that's all I want to know
1: that's fine I was excited that, to see how you know what it
3: feels like to back 50% Doug <laughs> I, I'm disagreeing wholeheartedly I thoroughly enjoyed both of the movies I they're very different which is good because I think that's a compliment to the filmmaker I'm going to try to watch more Baba I should have watched more Baba before now Right,
1: right,
3: oh, yeah. right, right I'm of, totally
1: right, up for watching more.
3: Mario Bava cameo in a uh, Doctor Goldfoot in the Curl Bombs. Just, just putting that out there. <laughs> you know, to watch more stuff that Mario Bava directed. That's the point I was trying to make.
1: <laughs> uh, I was happy to see there was like a big old gothic castle in there. I thought that was awesome.
3: Oh, the castle was real cool. Yeah, yeah. the the set was really neat. I don't know where they filmed it, but. Like the concept is that they're restoring the, uh, the old castle and by the end it's fully restored and looks like a traditional gothic castle even though all the people are dressed like modern times and I really like that. Mm. Uh, I did think the, the torture chamber in the bottom of the
2: castle was very uh, Poism-esque. Talk about
1: Yeah. Very Pit in the Pendulum.
3: Yeah. yeah. I think that it's... There's a built-in assumption that if there's a castle, there's a torture chamber underneath it. I don't know how true that is. And we live in North America where there aren't exactly a lot of uh, old-timey castles. Uh, So it's hard for us to go check. But certainly every castle I've ever gone to the basement, I've had a torture chamber down
1: there. You've gone to a lot of castles? Lots of torture chambers?
3: No, no, no. I think I went to one and it was a museum and they probably set that up just for the tourists, but whatever. (laughs)
1: So. Well, anything else before we move on? No,
3: you guys suck at reviewing movies. You got to learn. It's not about <laughs> like
1: this movie more. Uh,
3: no, no,
2: I, uh, I I'd, rec- I'd recommend it to people who are into uh, Pit and the Pendulum-esque movies. I mean, that's kind of that's that's the only thing I can think of compared to compare to. The aesthetics are similar, body count similar. kind of slow, drifty from place to place is
3: similar. Alright, you just convinced me I should go watch The Pit and the Pendulum. Have you ever seen Pit and the Pendulum? Uh, There are multiple versions of that. Vincent Price! (laughs) I don't, I think I've seen it but it's been a long, long time.
2: Have you seen Fall of House of
3: Usher? What's that?
2: Fall of the House of Usher? I have not seen that one. You should check that one out. I think
3: it's some of uh, Vincent Price's best acting. All right. Oh, I, I, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to watch that and then probably never get around to watching. That's <laughs> it's my, it's my plan. <laughs> just, just add it to this stack over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still watching movies that I bought on VHS and never got around to. <laughs> Can't make my list longer. Thanks for
0: calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For info, check out the Midnight Drive In on Twitter at MN Drive In Pod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable
1: things will be done to you.
0: Thanks for calling.
1: All right, so does anybody watch anything? While they were away, uh,
2: well, we watched a whole bunch of Joe Bob. <laughs>
1: That's right, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and uh, me and Noah hung out and watched the Joe Bob Briggs marathon on Shutter. Rocky start. Parts
2: of the parts we can get into.
1: Apparently, the Joe Bob uh, fandom uh, broke Shutter, so nobody could get in for a long time.
3: And you guys were very upset about it the whole internet was so mad that night
1: we were understanding about it we were mildly annoyed i only posted once that i was like man i kind of wanted to watch the joe bob marathon but i guess i won't but i was like we were looking at comments like on the shutter page and joe bob's uh facebook page and people were people were livid people were so pissed
3: off i'm like well things happen guys
1: I got a free trial subscription to watch this. Now I can't even watch it. It's bullshit.
3: Well, I could, I could totally
2: understand some people's anger at the fact that, you know, originally they had said that the marathon was going to air live and that be done. It like, if you didn't watch it, you didn't watch it. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of people were still feeding into that idea. Like they weren't going to put it on demand at some point. Yeah.
1: Which Shutter did? I think Shutter handled it as best they could. They said they're, you know, well, we're going to put the whole marathon up on demand, even though we not planned on it. And they followed through, so I think.
2: And they put it up the next day. Like it was a fast. It was pretty impressive.
1: Yeah. Um. So you want to run through the movies we watched? Because there was a lot. This is going to be like a lightning round. We're not going to go into
2: right.
1: detail about all of them, but
2: trying to think. What was the first one we got in for?
1: Uh, Rabid.
2: Rabid. Uh, Armpit Vaginas.
1: Armpit <laughs> Vaginas with a dick inside.
2: With a dick in it. Drinks blood. <laughs> Cronenberg, yo. Uh,
1: the, after, <laughs> after that, we, we watched The Prowler.
2: Super long kill scenes. <laughs> Perhaps too long. I'll I'll agree too long (laughs) (laughs) but man those are some good kill scenes they're just just weirdly long and and the things between the kill scenes oddly boring
3: for a movie with gruesome (laughs) long kill scenes yeah I'm not actually a fan of that movie
1: nah me neither Uh, then I think it was the next day we caught uh, the end of Basket Case. Yeah. That's uh, Basket Case is amazing. And then after that was Reanimator. Also, awesome of course, machines. it's amazing. Uh, then after that was Demons,
2: which we've already reviewed on the show, so we don't need Demons. Yeah.
1: And then uh, probably the most well-known movie of the entire marathon, he did Hellraiser, that which is fun. Exciting. Um, it was he,
2: exciting to see Joe Bob do such a fucking mainstream it was a little odd
1: yeah uh, and then he finished the night off for the whole marathon off with pieces uh, which I did not really watch but um, thought that was a pretty good movie to sort of end the whole marathon with
2: that is the only one I have not caught up on yet I'm looking forward to see what his last rant was because man his rants were all really really yeah. good
1: Yeah, he randomly would just go on a rant about people being on their phones all the time, yelling about how Trump is not causing a dystopian world, because that's not what the word dystopian means.
2: (laughs) I love that that's his argument. He talks about all the bad shit that's going on. He's like, but that's not dystopia.
3: (laughs) He's correct. (laughs) Dystopia is coming. It's not here yet. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: well, his, his argument is that dystopia requires a mastermind behind the scenes, manipulating all this stuff, and that Trump is not a mastermind. <laughs> no,
3: Putin's the mastermind. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I not supposed
1: to say that? <laughs> no, that's, that's completely true. Yeah, but yeah, it was entertaining. It was good. I never really watched the original Monster Vision when it was on so it was fun to kind of sit down and watch Joe Bob do his thing since I had never really got that far into it before Not
2: I watched it. Monster Vision was it when it was on TNT right?
1: yeah
2: yeah. see I watched it while it was on TNT I was too young to watch it whenever it was on uh, movie channel hmm. which I can't even remember what the fuck the show was called
1: <laughs> yeah I mean either
2: I think it was just called Joe Bob's Dry Men or
1: something like that. Yeah, but, yeah, it was awesome to kind of just see him do his thing. I'm kind of bummed that he says this is the last time he's doing it. I thought for sure Shutter would back up a dump truck full of money saying, look, look at what you did to our servers, please come do it all the time. I don't know.
2: Brought in a porn star as the male girl.
1: <laughs> as you do.
2: Yes. Yeah, Appropriate. Diana Prince, for those of you who are super into porn,
3: but I haven't watched the Joe Bob Marathon yet. <laughs> for those of you who are super into porn, feel free to be mad at Brian and I because we had to kibosh a, a series of show ideas that were porn-based that no one came up with. It won't let me
2: do the Winnie Orski porn parody. It's
1: <laughs> not oh, fair. <laughs> Send in your hate mail. Please do.
3: The hills have thighs, for God's sakes. (laughs) Maybe Noah can start his own little side podcast where he reviews porn parodies of the movies we discuss on the show.
1: Oh, that'd be brilliant.
3: I could just
2: do Winnie Orsky porn parodies. Have you looked at his fucking IMDb? It's yes. so long.
3: There's so many fucking movies. Oh, yeah. I don't think... By the time you watched it, too, he probably makes like 12 more. So. That's what I'm saying. I could never catch up.
1: Yeah. yeah. You should watch the documentary Papatopoulos, which is all about him.
2: Papatopoulos.
1: Yep. I it was him, him trying to make a feature-length movie in three days. Nice. And so it's i don't remember i think it's bear wench project or something that he shot i don't remember but it's kind of sad because everybody talks about how he was like roger corman's protege and how he was expected to go on to do big things and then he basically just stopped caring and just makes all these porn parodies all the time
2: i mean if you're gonna get a bunch of money to do that why wouldn't you just fucking do that And if you follow him on Facebook, he clearly fucking enjoys himself. Oh yeah, he's happy with who he is.
1: <laughs> yeah, if you like looking at uh, softcore porn actresses, just uh, just follow Jim Warnarski because he will just randomly post every day about a hundred shots of women that he's been in his movies.
3: <laughs> I yeah, it's pretty never, much never repeated one yet because every movie has like four women in them. So <laughs> yeah, he just it alternates. Uh, Uh,
2: big boob to 80s looking actress big boob to 80s looking actress big boob to 80s looking actress horror movie reference (laughs) big boob to 80s looking actress so on and so forth (laughs) about a 5 to 1 ratio of boob to horror
1: Uh, so Noah you said you went back and watched some of the movies that we ended up missing Uh, which ones did you watch?
2: I did, now I just got to remember what the fuck they were, because I basically watched all of them except for Pieces.
1: So it was a tourist trap?
2: Yeah, tourist trap was first, which I actually have never seen tourist trap before.
1: Oh, really?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I, I just, it? It's one I just never got around to for some reason.
1: Never got to tourist trap, never got to Pieces. What's the matter with you?
2: Well, no, I've seen, I've seen Pieces. I just didn't watch the Joe Bob no. commentary for Pieces. Still. But uh I don't know Tourist Trap's pretty fucking awesome. I'd always kind of like kept it on the back burner because it doesn't have a very good reputation.
1: Should have asked I always thought Tourist Trap was pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, although I'll tell you what, I never realized it was a 1979 movie, mm-hmm. which it, fucks it. I mean, it fucks any movie. You can't have made a movie in 1979 and not had it been one of the best fucking movies of all time. And for those of you at home that are like, "What is he fucking talking about?" Type in "movies 1979" into Google and see what pops up. It's fucking crazy. That year was ridiculous. It was like every fucking movie was some huge fucking hit. But I liked it. Tell you, fucking, it's like uh, it's wax worse. Wax works with uh, telekinesis. into it. <laughs> I get down with that.
1: Stephen King said one of what he considers one of the scariest movie moments of all time is in that movie. Really? It's when he's covering that girl's head in uh, uh, cement or plaster or whatever the fuck it is.
2: Oh, yeah, that is pretty intense. And he's like describing <laughs> it. He's like, You won't even suffocate. Your heart will
1: explode. <laughs> yep.
2: Yeah. That's yeah, good stuff. And then uh, what was on after that? Tourist trap. And
1: then, uh, uh, I don't know. We missed like whatever the next one was after that. Oh, the Joe uh, Then it was uh, sleepaway camp.
2: Yeah, sleepaway camp. Which, uh, of course, I was gonna rewatch sleepaway camp because sleepaway camp.
1: Because no, I can't wait to see that dick at the end.
2: I did, I fucking I just love the kills in that movie. Man, they're so fucking good.
1: No, they are. I do enjoy the first sleepaway camp.
2: I I think the the dick at the end both like catapulted Sleepaway Camp like higher than it should have went and somehow kept it lower than it should have went by. Well, it,
3: it really being it it the only going way. mainstream. I don't think <laughs>
1: Uh, was it the Slimeball Bolorama?
2: Slimeball Bolorama? That's got all of my favorite ladies in it. and Half of them get naked, so works out. (laughs) (laughs) Linnea Quigley goes fucking way off the deep end. (laughs) (laughs) What?
1: What? Linnea Quigley going off the deep end? (laughs) Surely Jess.
2: I I was really expecting her Performance that turn around and be Shakespearean.
1: <laughs>
2: but uh yeah. If you've never seen Slyball bolorama watch it. There's a yep. Yeah, they just basically talk shit <laughs> like <laughs> the whole movie. It's a it's an evil creature that's not just killing people, it's just talking shit to them the whole time. It's Wishmaster before they made Wishmaster. Uh
1: let's see then they had what, Daughters of Darkness?
2: Oh, see I must have missed that one. I didn't watch Daughters of Darkness.
1: And uh, Blood Feast.
2: Blood Feast. I love Blood Feast, and I love the shitty sequel to Blood Feast made later. <laughs> it's really bad.
1: And then there was the one that me and Noah both kind of slept through, which was uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek. It's really yeah. so terrible.
2: Man, it's so fucking slow. You could not... Make a slower
3: movie. It feels like it's five fucking hours long. The only thing about Legend of Boggy Creek is if you grew up watching those like crappy like PBS nature documentaries when you were a kid, just because you like looking like when you were really young, like when you just like looking at animals on the TV, Mm -hmm. and then you watch it, and it's like it feels exactly like one of those. Now I could never sit through one of those either, but do that, but make it about a cool like Sasquatchy thing. You're like kind of fun on that level but it's definitely a slow movie. Slow moving picture.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't get how it's as popular as it is. There's a lot of people who love The Legend of Boggy Creek and it's just fucking mind them and where when mm-hmm. old watch's face went down
3: to the creek. I think there's a the lot, lot of <laughs> I think there's a lot of people like me who grew up on those old nature, nature documentaries cuz it's kind of all you were allowed to watch at some point in your life. Therefore, when you see that someone take that and make it into like a horror movie, it's very appealing. Plus, I think it's a movie that not a lot of people have rewatched. People love it after having seen it a long time ago. They don't remember how slow it was.
1: Yeah, it was pretty slow. It was brutal. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Especially after having stayed up till 4 o'clock in the morning, you're like, oh, God.
1: Yeah, it was rough. Uh, then you watch anything else outside of that, Noah?
2: Uh, what do you think? Going through. No. That's it. Just that, that's all. I, I, Joe, Joe Bob only. I, uh, I don't think I had any time to watch anything else.
1: Well, you're a liar, but I'll get into it later.
3: <laughs> Am I a liar? What else did I watch? <laughs>
1: Doug, did you watch anything?
3: Uh, a few things, not not as many things. Um, first thing was we watched. We had a Friday the Thirteenth since last time we yeah recorded. So I was trying to find a unique way to celebrate, and I watched the fan film Never Hike Alone. Mm, that was, yeah. got a lot of good t- good talk about a year ago. Yeah, uh, surprisingly good for a fan film it's really basic plot line wise it's like guy is making like his own youtube videos of him hiking through the woods wanders into this nature reserve finds camp crystal lake jason's there yada 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 right really basic on a plotline level but the opening while where before jason and him are actually like fighting it out is all really well done Um, there's like really good tension in some of the scenes where he's like wandering through the camp and Jason's kind of in the background and stuff so I really like that element of it and there's a lot of like fun little references so he stumbles across he says in dialogue that the area has been donated as like a wildlife reserve or something and he doesn't know that there's a camp in there he finds it he's like oh jesus this is camp crystal lake like everybody's heard the stories or whatever but as he's walking around he's actually finding like the crime scene tape and stuff and so he goes into rooms and it's like oh that's where the that's where kevin bacon got killed it was right in that bed right there and there's still blood all over the bed and there's like markers on there that the police would have put up when they were investigating crimes and stuff kind of fun little moments like that um and it goes off the rails a bit at the end my opinion but it gives us an excuse to get uh, some fun, a uh, couple of fun, like, tr- um, is everything all right?
1: Everybody... You okay there, Noah?
3: The uh,
2: the cat was up in the window, and I don't know what just happened, but it just flipped fucking shit. <laughs> and crashing through the curtain right next to the microphone. <laughs> there is a storm going on. I'm guessing it was staring out the window and saw lightning uh. and fucking shit itself. Fuck this shit! shit. Yeah,
3: oh, yeah, it was,
1: it was pretty crazy. <laughs> hey, get, get, cat, get
3: out! There. Damn it, <laughs> the uh, Continue on, Doug. Anyways, uh, yeah, so the ending gets a little bit crazy, but then uh, Tom Matthews shows up for a little cameo playing Tommy Jarvis, and that made me really happy. <laughs> so wow. there you go. If you're looking for. Uh, you're looking for a Friday the 13th film since studios refused to make one somebody else did and it's, it's alright it's a fun little watch it's just under an hour long I think So, and it's free and they can't charge for it so it'll always be free because mm. the minute they charge for it they'll get sued
1: yeah especially right now considering the main franchise is in the middle of a lawsuit Yeah, which fucked up the video game which pissed me off
3: yeah, I don't know why they can't get their shit together. I don't understand what's so goddamn complicated about making Friday the Thirteenth movies that they can't just do it. Yeah, just just, just do it.
1: Just well, I mean, yeah, now they got to wait till this whole whatever lawsuit yeah. with Victor Miller and Sean Cunningham is over with. But yeah. other than that, yeah, let's just do it. Uh, I,
2: think, I, don't, I think the problem is is each like each decade, there's always this new crop of people who think, you know what? I know how to make this better than the people who made it. Mm. And they're wrong. They don't.
3: Yeah. It's not true. It's not true. I, don't, should, I don't go find the guys that did the original, and just call them into a room and ask them what idea they have for a sequel and do that.
1: Well, even I don't know if they even need to go that far. It's just like, look, just take like an up and coming filmmaker, like this guy who made Never Hike Alone, be like, okay, you have a million dollars to make a Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Let them make a Friday Thirteenth movie, and guess what? If it sucks, next year you just give another up-and-coming filmmaker a million dollars and say, "Make another Friday Thirteenth movie." Man, it's not like the uh, the original ones were ever like uh, critically like applauded or anything when they originally came out.
3: No, I I don't understand why it's so hard to get movies made on a small budget. Like it should be. Yeah, if you can. Whoever owns the rights to Friday Thirteenth, you know, it doesn't have to be a million dollars to an upcoming filmmaker. It can be five million dollars to a guy who's made one other movie before, so that you know you, you know a little bit more of what you're getting or whatever. Yeah. Or you know, you know, five million dollars to the Soska Sisters and let them make Friday Thirteenth. Go for it, like whatever. The I don't see why it's so complicated. Don't know if we can trust their
1: judgment anymore. Um, (laughs) That may be true.
3: (laughs) You know what? Maybe if we hire them away from the fucking WWE. (laughs) Solid solid point. That might be the that might be the sticking point with them. But I don't know. Yeah, like this guy that made Never Hike Alone. Like now he cast himself as Jason. That probably wasn't the best move. Um, But a lot of like I say, a lot of the tension and the. The shots and everything are really cool in the first half of the movie if you had an actual proper stunt man playing jason if you had you know a little bit more money for effects and stuff you had some people in there to come in and kind of you know reel this guy in as necessary and also give him what he needs when he has ideas um why not take a shot it's got to be better than the nothing they've put out
1: yeah Yeah, because I mean, like a million dollars, five million dollars, like you know, somewhere in that range, that's easy to write off for a studio like Paramount.
3: Yeah, I don't understand what the problem is. It's yeah, but it's Hollywood's a weird thing because it seems like it's easier for them to get greenlit these like three hundred million dollar, you know, big budget action movies that are like gonna bankrupt the entire studio if they Mm. if they don't make it. Like they can get five of those made a year. <laughs> but, you know, you hear about all these, like, directors who have, like, these ideas that they could make for 10 million bucks and nobody will finance that. And I'm like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not hard for studios to make that kind of money back just by getting a, something and tossing it on DVD and dumping it to Netflix kind of thing. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah, I know they feel like there's no middle ground anymore. And that's the kind of movies that suffer.
3: Yeah, it's true too. I don't know. The studio system pisses me off. Anyways, <laughs> so yeah, the other thing I watched—I watched the entire second season of Glow. Oh yeah. So I was I was really happy with that. Have you guys seen it? You oh yeah. Mentioned it last time, Brian. You watched yeah. of it, I think.
1: Marathoned it through through it in two days.
3: Yeah, yeah. I I yeah. So I was really happy with it. The two things that stuck out to me the most was. The first one was I love the way that they had like the uh, wrestling storylines kind of interacting the and, like, and having an impact on the personal lives of the wrestlers.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: So there, was, there was the one was like the welfare queen where she's like her kid came and saw her wrestle and was kind of like she was sort of embarrassed to be doing the things she's doing in front of her actual like people that she actually knew
0: mm-hmm.
3: and obviously like Liberty Bell is the other one that there's a whole. Her character is given a whole storyline that involves Having her kid taken away, and meanwhile, she's kind of going through that in real life as well. thought those were both handled really well.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: The other thing that I thought they did really well in the show is it's a female centric show. It's on TV right now, so they have to tackle this whole Me Too thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I thought they did it really well. It's the kind of thing where a lesser show would have just, just done the whole men are evil, women are goddesses kind of thing. I thought this show did it really well. They created a realistic situation. I think many of the characters acted exactly the way you would have predicted they would act acted if you'd watched a season and a half of the show leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was neat the way there were. If, if you look at the overall situation and you look at how everyone reacted, there were men who did things that were terrible. There were women who said and did things that were terrible. There were men who did things that were good. There were women who did things that were good. Were that were good. It's. It, wasn't it wasn't handled in like a made for TV movie of the week kind of way it was handled in a, a more real way where you know so like one of the characters is harassed and basically like she, it's implied that if she sleeps with this producer guy the show is going to get picked up mm-hmm. and there are other female characters in the show who are on her case like well why didn't you just do it like, we're all going to lose our jobs because you wouldn't do that. And it's like, that's a horrible, horrible thing to say. But I think it's realistic to especially because this is set back in like the 80s. I think that that's true. You would get that reaction from some of those people. And some of them, the implication might be that, hey, they've done stuff like that to get this far. So why shouldn't you have to take the hit as well? And it's like, okay, I'm, that's a, a more in-depth look at that than most people are willing to take right now. So I thought they deserve credit for handling it as well as it did.
2: Of, of everything, I love Mark Marin's character's reaction in the show, where yeah. she's where she's like, "We're getting canceled because he tried to sleep with me and I wouldn't do it." And he goes, "Really?" And she's like, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh well, fuck that guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was
2: like fuck that guy and fuck this show. That's okay. I don't mind that we're getting canceled because some sleazebag wanted to fuck you. You know." Well,
3: he actually has a line. of... <laughs> in- he has a line of dialogue too where he's like, I'm actually kind of relieved that it's because of something stupid like that and not because of something I did. <laughs> he's like <laughs> which is again, that's how that character should react. He's a very self-centered character. Hmm. And he's his sort of character arc is that he's kind of learning how to care about these other people that are in his life both some of the wrestlers and also his like daughter who showed him during season one and i love that he ends up he ends up just smashing the shit out of the car of the producer guy <laughs> it's just because he doesn't know like it's the way it's handled is i feel like that character doesn't know how to be like a supportive guy so what he should have done is been like supportive to the woman who had gone through something terrible but instead he just hit a car with a wrench a bunch of times because he just doesn't know he doesn't have a clue and it's like it—it's similar to how he handles his relationship with his daughter. Because every time she's upset about something, he's like, he doesn't have a fucking clue how to handle it. So he just gets angry every time. And it's yeah,
1: yeah. yeah I think I, I posted when I was watching it that I love his character. The, his his whole thing is he's a character who acts like he doesn't care about anything, but he actually does like really care a lot. But. He's also mentally preparing himself to bail on the whole thing if it starts getting dicey.
3: Yeah, Which and that's, I... true. that's true. with his personal things, it's true with his wrestling thing, and you can see there's scenes in here where it's true with his past career as
1: well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I just think it's amazing how Mark Maron portrays that on screen.
3: Yeah, it's it's. I think it's really well handled. Yeah, because like the the scene where so he goes to a screening of one of his old movies and like. Very few people show up and he's like he's he's kind of embarrassed and when they want him to get up and introduce the film he doesn't even want to do it and he has to get like hassled into doing it he's just like yeah this is a movie i made it i don't know but then when some kids come up and start asking him questions about it after you see he does remember every detail of making that movie he starts talking about how he shot certain scenes himself because he had to fire the the cameraman or whatever and you're like oh so that non-caring, just yeah, whatever, enjoy the movie attitude before, that was all bullshit. That was you trying to deflect the fact that you're upset about the fact that nobody showed up for your screening. Like that character is really in-depth and Mark Marin does a
1: really good job of. Yeah. Did you enjoy the entire episode that was basically just an episode of glow?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's just yeah, it's just fun to watch. Because that's the that's the thing this show has going for, is it has all these layers But then, if you're just sitting back watching it, it's just fun to watch. Like, a lot of these girls are just doing funny things on screen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that episode came on, and I was just cackling the whole time, and Amanda was just looking at me, and I'm like, You don't understand. This is exactly what an episode of Glow was like. And I pulled up an episode of the actual Glow on YouTube after the episode was over. I was like, Look at this. This is, like, insane. And they pretty much, like, nailed it. Recreating that.
2: We are identical in every way, except that I have plugged
1: foot.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm actually excited to see where season three goes. Cause,
1: yeah.
3: Spoiler alert: there, yeah, they set up a permanent house show in Vegas at the end of season two. <laughs> so, I just I can't even imagine what that's gonna look like.
1: Oh. Um, so I was excited to see Horatio Sands show up.
3: The sad, yep. the sad
2: thing is they kind of have a limited number of seasons, I think. Because if they're following the progression of what GLOW did, I do believe the last actual GLOW show of any kind is in 95. Yep. So They have a max of like seven seasons,
3: if they do a year each time. Well, let's... Seven <laughs> seasons is still a way off. They're only at two, but I don't know that they're restricted to that at this point. Like this show is its own thing.
1: As long as it keeps getting uh, people loving it as much as they do, I'm sure Netflix would be like, no, this is a 20 season show. We don't care.
3: Yeah. We'll see. And who knows, 2019 Disney starts their streaming service. Netflix might go under anyway. So. <laughs> Disney's already starting to announce bringing back, bringing up their own shows to put on that, so. Yeah. So I think today they announced to bringing back Clone Wars.
1: Yep, and DC just uh, showed off trailers for their stuff that's going to be on their exclusive streaming service.
2: Oh yeah, we didn't talk about that.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead. No, Th- that was my segue for you. Oh,
2: I thought Doug was still uh, going through his stuff. Well, I, I'll, I'll go back to it. But... Oh, so did you guys? Did you guys see the uh, Titans trailer?
1: Uh, I did. I did not. I don't. I I will say up front, I don't know if I'm a fan of this or not. It is. It, for the fact that
2: it's supposed to be an uh, adaptation of Teen Titans, uh, it's grimdark. It's real grimdark. <laughs> Which could yeah. either end up saving it or, like, ruining it. I don't I don't know. My, my whole thing is I don't like the Teen Titans to begin with. They're just not a team that I've ever been into. I'm not a big fan of most of the characters with the exception of Dick Grayson. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that they're doing angsty Nighthawk transition, Dick.
1: Night Nightwing.
2: Yeah, yeah, Nightwing. Sorry, did I say Nighthawk? Yeah. Wrong comic brand. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. Trying to get out from under Batman.
2: Yeah, but man, that the line of him landing and them going, "Where's Batman?" and he goes, "Fuck Batman!" and then proceeds to <laughs> beat the ever living shit out of all of them. Yeah. That's a good. That's a
3: good moment.
1: I think the fuck Batman was maybe a little pushing it a little too much, but
3: he actually you know, says fuck Batman.
1: He actually literally says fuck Batman. Uh,
3: yeah, I don't agree with that. Uh, apparently, DC's saying,
2: "Listen, all bets are off on the streaming service. Like, we're gonna do whatever we want." <laughs> yes,
3: yeah, such as run a streaming service for a very short period of time.
1: And under, <laughs> I don't know. That's like, a-
3: like I said, I. I, it could be bad, it could be good.
2: I think that trailer might have sold me on this show, and I had zero fucking interest in it. Mm-hmm.
1: I did, too, and I still don't really care that much.
2: They did They did three things that sold me. There was there was some blood, which I was kind of into. I was like, oh, shit, yeah, we're going to fuck some stuff up. Uh, Beast Boy, uh, a.k.a. Changeling, was green. Mm-hmm which I was afraid they were not going to do and Starfire was orange which I was afraid they weren't going to do mm-hmm. which means it's comic accurate enough for me to get into it
1: yeah they are pretty much pushing the uh, yeah we're just going to do it just like the comic except of course make it extremely dark and violent but I mean they're not like worried about like well our fans going to take somebody who's orange running around seriously they're just like fuck it that's how they're in the comic that's how we're going to do it yeah
2: Yeah, it's just weird how dark it is. Mm. That's the only thing I was like, it's Teen Titans, you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Although I I guess their excuse is, we already have a
3: Teen Titans show for kids. I don't think DC has ever had any problems with making darker versions of their characters and then having people not enjoy that and they think they have to somehow go back and fix it and make it more lighthearted. That's never happened before. Has it happened? Recently, with their entire cinematic universe. <laughs> well, I, you're, you're insinuating that they got the message and went lighter. No, I'm insinuating that.
1: <laughs>
3: it, I mean, what I'm insinuating is that they can't do anything right, so I just assume it's going to
1: not be good. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I would argue that uh, DC's TV endeavors have not been complete failures.
1: Yeah.
2: To be fair, yeah. I'm not up to date on any of the TV stuff. I can't remember. Yeah, most, most of the TV stuff. I, I would say it's good and if it's not good it's at least good for the first few seasons and then they like run out of plots and start yeah. pulling shit out of their ass
1: yeah I didn't even finish watching most of the shows this season because most of them were terrible
2: yeah like Flash Flash started real strong but then they, they kind of lost my interest a little bit Arrow started a little weak and then kind of fixed it and then went right back to being shitty again <laughs> Uh, Although Black Lightning's still going fucking strong. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's kind of. Legends of Tomorrow was sort of the winner for this this round of the season of the shows. And I mean, they had Constantine on a couple times, so I mean, that definitely helped. Yeah. But, yeah.
2: Is it next season he starts being a regular? He's going to be just on the
1: Uh, show? That was rumored. I haven't heard uh, anything definite yet. but yeah, uh, then apparently they announced they're doing a, what is it, a Stargirl live action series as well.
2: That's interesting. I don't know what to think about that.
1: Yeah, it's.
2: I didn't read enough Star Girl yeah. to like
3: hold no. about
1: it. But I know Jeff Johns has like a hard on for her, which sounds really wrong now that I said it out loud. Um, That's he, why they killed
2: her dad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh he's always had a real i don't know a big interest in the star girl character along with cyborg which is why cyborg has been shoehorned into like everything ever since he's sort of been
2: power they need to stop him with fucking cyborg
1: yep i agree so i don't know and then it's gonna have a streaming service is also gonna have like all the old uh batman the animated series and like all that kind of stuff that we all know and love from... Oh,
2: yeah, in a TV. Swamp Thing TV series. Did you see that announcement? Oh no. Yeah, Swamp Thing. Live action TV series.
1: But they already did that once and that one was brilliant, right?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I... Better turn that fucking sarcasm off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't remember it being good at all.
2: It didn't last very long. That's... <laughs>
1: I remember it being about as good as the RoboCop TV series. I,
2: Well, I would say it was about as good as the second Swamp Thing movie. Speaking
1: oh. of
2: Jim Woody, <laughs> 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 uh. Which I didn't hate the second Swamp Thing movie. It was a little more ridiculous, but ridiculous is fine. In my mm. so uh, I would we also good? watch that. Also got the uh, Aquaman trailer.
1: Oh, do we haven't even seen it yet?
2: It's it doesn't look terrible, but <laughs> it's a trailer. But well, but it's just as fucking. <laughs> it's got Snyder fucking filter on it.
1: Oh, that's bad. Like,
2: they showed those great fucking pictures of like Mira's costume and stuff, and then mm. you watch the trailer, and fucking everything in the goddamn movie looks like it's gray or brown. There's like no fucking color. <laughs>
1: motherfuckers
2: just i don't i don't get how they can't hear people going okay this specific thing is a big fucking problem and them going no fuck you we're doing it even worse this time (laughs) but besides that i mean like ocean master and stuff seems pretty fucking cool
1: so yeah i've been seeing some of the toys and stuff they've been posting pictures of it looks like it could be pretty good
2: yeah, I mean, the whole the trailer is basically Ocean Master making, like, the speech of, you know, our father was weak and he wouldn't do anything and now we're going to destroy the surface, you know. <laughs> All that kind of shit. You don't see Black Manta in the trailer, which I thought was surprising. Hmm. Especially for the fact that they've already released set photos of it.
1: Yeah, fucking DC. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> Uh, uh, all right. <laughs> did, did you watch anything else, Doug? Uh,
3: well, speaking of g- good comic book companies, I did get around to seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp.
1: Yeah, that was the other one that I know Noah had seen. That he said oh, he yeah. didn't see.
3: Yeah, that's true. So he was lying. All right, he good. Was lying. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um,
1: that's did I. Noah did not.
3: It's it's really like it's it's a popcorn movie it's just fun to watch i thought they did you know decent job of bringing back all the returning characters and stuff um but the my favorite thing about it is i love the fact that there's like two generations of heroes throughout the whole movie and like like it's like even with the movie being called ant-man and the Wasp like is it are they referring to current day ant-man and the wasp or the other ant-man and the wasp because there's two. There's two of each running around throughout this whole movie, right? And even like the the villains are the same way, where it's like there's she's working with Colossus from who Goliath. Shit, sorry. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's working with the, the ghost. Is working with Goliath from like the previous. He, he was and it's, it's it's all that whole backstory thing. I like when they do that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I like the idea that this has been going on for, for a long time it's what dc tries to do of like we're going to jump into this existing universe um except marvel does it right and by introducing new characters and then having existing characters be sort of the support for that um, so yeah i yeah thought it was super fun i liked the fact that it was just a similar to homecoming last year it's just like it's just this little story. Nothing that's happening here is going to affect anyone who's not in the story. That's why they don't have the whole team showing up to deal with it.
1: Hmm. I like that. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Like you said, just a lot of fun. Uh, you know, my wife has a big crush on Paul Rudd, and so she gets to go see a superhero movie with Paul Rudd doing Paul Rudd stuff in it. Yeah, she's super happy. I enjoy that too. I so like good. Paul
3: Rudd. I think like Paul Rudd does what Paul Rudd does very well. I don't know if he can do anything else, but
1: <laughs> <laughs> he can. But I don't think people would watch it.
3: So I, I
1: don't
3: know. Like, yeah, yeah like, I, like I thought, everything works enough for the type of movie it is. Like the relationship with him and the daughter is, again, for a silly action movie, it's good enough. Mm. Uh, no. The sort of Ferris Bueller ending where he has to make it back to the house before the FBI finds out that he left—it's <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it suits the type of movie this is. And again, there are one of the things Marvel is smart about is that they put out a movie like Infinity War earlier in the summer. And that's like just huge stakes, big giant like mm-hmm. things at hand. And then here they just make this little fun, little sort of a kids movie to tide you over to the next.
1: Yeah. You see, and I feel like that's the, that's definitely the problem that DC has, because like when we went and saw Suicide Squad, my first reaction after it was over, I'm like, stakes were too high, and they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, for this movie, the stakes were way too high. This should have been like a fun, like uh, buddy, buddy, uh, buddy cop movie, is not right, but just sort of you know, group on a mission sort of thing, and they made it about if they don't solve it, then the world's going to end. Type stuff, yeah. and, and the
3: thing is, when you're building a cinematic universe, if the world could end in every movie, then you never think it's going to end. You never feel like it might,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah, it had to be a much more smaller story. They did not understand that with Suicide Squad.
3: Yeah, so I, I like, like, this whole movie, like, yeah, man, here, it takes place over the course of what, three days. Mm-hmm. It takes place all in one city. It takes place, like, there's whatever ten or fifteen characters that are actually like have it that actually have lines of dialogue in the whole movie. It's all about things. Like even the stuff that's in the past is all stuff that happened with existing characters in the past. None of it is you new. Know, it you know, it mm-hmm. the other universe we knew it mentions enough about what's gone on that it's still part of the MCU but it's it's its own little side story. And mm-hmm. Need that? Like I say, Homecoming did that last year. Did it really well. I ended up rewatching that just after I saw him in, and that was, that was why I had that in my brain. Of like it's nice to just have a story that's just a fun little story that isn't. It's not world ending. It's not all the heroes on screen together. It's just a fun little tale.
1: Yeah. Yep. I agree.
3: What did you hate about it, Noah? I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it had problems. What, was your, what were your problems with it? Because I'm not going to sit here and argue that it's perfect.
2: Well, they, well there's a lot of things. I, I First of all, I think the writing in it was a little weak, especially compared to all of the other Marvel movies, which usually have fairly good flowing plots to them. This one felt like they were just rushing from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to, thing to get to the end of the movie, which... It's just kind of uninteresting to me Uh, I feel like they're getting a little bad about determining the rules of the shrinking and growing especially whenever it comes to other things shrinking and growing and how it affects stuff Uh, I think that they set up a lot of really cool dominoes and then never bothered to knock them over which was a little odd you know, you've got Ghost who's a really cool villain and has a really cool power set fighting someone else who's got a really, really cool power set. And you never actually get a cool superhero fight because, oh, fuck, his fucking Shrinky thing ain't working. Oh, oh, that that sucks. Can't do any Shrinky powers. And she's like, oh, yeah, and I can face through stuff, but I'm only going to do it occasionally. And we're only going to have two little bitty fights, which was weak. And then they set up, you know, you had the potential for Giant Man versus Goliath is a fight at some point in the movie, in which that's I was kind of like ready for that. I was like, yeah, two giant people punching the shit out of each other. This is going to be awesome. Not only does it never happen, it never comes close to happening. No no not know, but I don't think they implied that it was going to. I'm not saying they implied it's going to. I'm
3: saying they set up the domino in the movie for it. I don't think so, though. If anything, if Goliath had become a problem, he would have been fighting Hank Pym. Maybe, maybe, maybe giant Hank Pym. That's how because that's that's how they did it, right? They had, they have the sort of the older generation fighting the older generation and the younger generation fighting the younger generation is how they had it set up. That's where the conflict was.
2: Which is fine. Like like I said, I just think I I felt like the movie didn't flow very well, and I. Like I said, I think the entire movie felt like an excuse to get to the end, of it, which isn't a very good. That's not. Very good. I don't know. I, I, but, yeah. it's not, but it's not a bad movie, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it. I just. I think the problem is now my expectations for Marvel movies are so fucking high that this one did not meet the expectation. Yeah. Especially with one of those expectations being they actually show the wasp suit at the end of fucking the first Ant-Man movie and I was all excited to see her in the actual wasp suit and instead they just put her in the fucking
3: looks exactly like Ant-Man wasp suit. Yeah, I guess I can see that complaint but I feel like in today's day and age if they put her in a traditional wasp suit it would be deemed sexist. They updated that, and it
1: was probably a good move. Well, also part of the thing is they have to be fully covered for the shrink stuff to work.
3: Correct? I don't know; it does. I mean, yeah, but whatever. The the shrinky rules work pretty
2: much however they want them to. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You 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 must definitely have to be wearing the helmet because the pin particles damage your brain if you're shrinking and expanding. Yet every single fucking person is in these random cars just getting shrunk and expanded without any protection.
1: Well, the cars are basically like the helmet. The car, the car's a
2: giant helmet. No, see that's, that's, that's bullshit. That's bullshit, little skirting. I don't, I can't with
3: that. I don't. Did they establish cinematically that you have to have the helmet
1: on? Uh, I think in the I first movie. In the
3: first movie, he mentions the fact that he,
2: he's using the shrinking technology before he figured out that there are problems with it.
1: But he may, I think he did say that long-term exposure to Pym particles is what causes yeah. brain damage.
3: Yeah. Plus, there's no, like, we don't get a post credit sequence where that proves that none of those people have brain damage. Maybe they are all brain
1: damage. Yeah. And one of them is just Michael Pena anyway. He obviously already has
3: brain damage. Obviously. <laughs> I, <laughs> do, I do like the fact that they set up the
2: idea that uh, Hank Pym is kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. And I think I think the first movie they glazed over, I think the, the first movie they went, Hank Pym kind of looks like a piece of shit. Really, he's just got like, you know, he's a capitalist and he's got his own interest. And then this movie they were like, oh, by the way, he fucked over a lot of people. <laughs> it did real
3: fucking damage. Well, he's, real, he's really interested in himself and his research and he doesn't care about anything else. And I think that that's the character. And I think they I think it's actually a little brave of them to have, like, your hero character. I mean, at this point, Marvel's done it other times as well, but to have an imperfect character be sort of your hero like that, I think is interesting. Yeah. I also liked the uh, the sort of Inception-like element at the end, where different people are shrunk at different levels, and <laughs> you're in a building, and you shrink down, and then the building shrinks down, and I, I thought that was very... <laughs> kind of fun, like I, I kind of get, got me thinking. Like, what happens if you're in the building and you shrink down, and then the building shrinks down, then you grow back up? Would you break the building, or would you, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how that works. Because I really don't understand how the quantum realm works. I don't think, I don't think it, there is an explanation for how that works. I was gonna say there's a,
2: that's one thing I feel like because they touched on it in the first movie, and then and a lot of the time they conveniently ignore it. The idea is that if you shrink, you maintain your uh, relative mass and density. So the idea is if you're shrinky and you're moving really fast, you'll go through someone like a bullet because you'll hit them really, really hard. Well, that doesn't fucking make sense because if you expand it inside of something, it should just kill you, especially if the other thing is shrunk. Because its relative density should be so high you couldn't break through it. It would just be like you blowing up a
3: building. You yeah. would just squish. Well, nobody does that in the movie, right? No. So I don't know.
1: Yeah. I
3: mean, but I mean, we're like we're putting a little too much thought into what is essentially a kid's film here. Like they carry around like one of those Hot Wheels cases full of actual cars that have been shrunk down, so they can just grow one up whenever they need to. That's what this movie's about. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I think
2: all that stuff is cool I like the idea of the briefcase building that you know they keep fighting in the same building that just keeps getting shrunk and moved and yeah. resized and shrunk and moved and resized over and over again all over this town it's kind of it's a cool idea like I said I just feel like they just were trying to get everything in the movie done really fast and I, I
3: don't know. it's
2: hard to explain I just felt like it was rushed in that they didn't, like, take their time and,
3: like, unfold anything. Every now and again, they did slow things down and have a little moment, though, and I thought they handled that pretty well. One of the, like, really obvious examples is when uh, Hank and his wife are reunited, and you see them on that beach, and then they expand their old home that he's been carrying around this whole time, so they can have their house back kind of thing, which is... It was just a fun little moment, but it they linger on it for a second and it has a little bit of emotion to it that you know was missing from a lot of the rest of the movie.
1: Uh, did anybody watch any of the post credit sequences? Of
3: course. Yeah. There still people guy.
1: still people getting up at the end no. of the movie and leaving. There was, was one like, guy
3: and he was like leaving, and it was like it was like that scene from The Simpsons where Homer leaves the call where like you just wanted to put a spotlight on him and be like, hey, You can leave anytime you want, we just want to know why you're leaving when the credits are still
1: running.
2: (laughs) Oh, no, except I'll tell you what. If you left before the second one,
3: you you wouldn't go,
2: oh, man.
3: No, the second one was a little dumb, but the first one was obviously very important for the
1: universe. It was, but I mean, come on. Spoiler alert for the thing, but it's been out for a while, so whatever. So if you really don't want to know, then bye. But if not... No, come on. <laughs> A g- giant Ant playing drums? Come on. That's amazing.
3: Yeah, but we'd seen him playing drums earlier in
1: the movie, right? I know. So. Trust me, it's no uh, Captain America at the end of Homecoming. Yeah. Which I still say is one of the best post credit sequences of all time. wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> uh, right. But in the uh, the sort of the more serious one... Uh, so we see what happens. This takes place right before the infamous Thanos Thanos snap of his fingers. So, so do do we think uh, Ant Man's going to play some big part in trying to fix everything? Because I did notice she told him to be careful of like time, uh time
3: warps and stuff. And yeah, the implications that No for there will be some time travel.
1: Yeah. Now, yeah the,
3: the only question i don't know is like what is what is ant-man gonna do about it like he's yeah. gonna travel but he doesn't know anything that's happened with Thanos in theory
1: right? yeah i know that's why i'm curious to see how how that's all going to play out
3: so is he gonna travel into i mean in theory you could have ant-man travel into the future find out that the world has been but 50 percent of the universe has been destroyed travel into the past give that information to the avengers so that they handle the fight with Thanos differently mm-hmm. when the time comes. Um,
1: I, I don't. Maybe Peter Quill doesn't lose his shit this time and doesn't start punching him in the face.
3: Or Thor just goes for the head.
1: Yeah.
2: <sighs> so I I think that there's a little cameo in the movie that's going to play big into the next movie, but we'll see if I'm right. Well, what which cameo do you think? When is... they're when they're going into the. Uh, the quantum realm. One of the times you pay attention, he pass as they're switching layers real fast. One of them, if you're paying attention, there's a set of eyes that are staring right at him as he goes through it, and it's it's one of three things most likely. That's either Thanos, you know, because he's all powerful, seeing him, which I don't I don't really think that's what's going on, or it might be Dormammu because they might be uh, suggesting that Dormammu's nothing realm exists somewhere in there in the quantum area. Mm -hmm. Or my personal big uh, fan theory is, I think it's Kang. Oh,
1: Kang and and Conqueror.
2: Yeah, and I think that's going to lead into everything else, because I think that's him going through the temporal realm right there, and Kang is always watching things going through time,
3: so...
1: Uh, do you think maybe a Doctor Strange, uh, as he's looking looking through his millions of versions of,
3: might be? Could be. That would make sense because we know Doctor Strange can travel to the quantum realm without having to have shrinky shrinky powers, right? <laughs> Is that established in the Doctor Strange movie. <laughs>
2: yeah, if you guys if you guys watched uh, how it should have ended for. Fucking um, Infinity War. No, it's really good. You guys should watch it. What are the endings? Whatever. All the monsters are charging at Wakanda. Like you just see a uh, a sling ring portal open, and Wong walks out, and Wong just goes Mirror Dimension, and just opens up a big portal to the Mirror Dimension. They all run into it, and he closes it, and
3: he goes, "All right, we're done here." Just teleports back. No. <laughs> yeah. It's not a bad idea.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I was like, "Oh, no, that's a that's a really solid point." They could have just mirrored dimension at any time. <laughs> <sighs> yeah,
1: yes. So now we gotta wait till, till. when's the next movie? What is the next movie? Next
3: is Captain Marvel. Next.
1: Oh yeah, you're right, Captain Marvel. That? When's that? I'm sure that's probably this spring.
3: But I, think the, I think. I think the next movie's
1: Venom, but Venom Venom doesn't count.
3: It's not in this universe. I think they've officially stated no.
1: They keep saying
2: that, but then they also keep getting real squirrely when people ask specific questions about it. They're like,
3: ah, 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 but that's just because when you make a bad movie and then people start asking specific questions, you're worried you'll say something (laughs) that reveals that it's a bad movie, so they're trying to not do that. That's my theory.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, March 8th is when Captain Marvel comes out.
3: Okay, and then July is Avengers 4?
1: I believe so. Yeah.
3: That's a long time to wait, March 8th.
1: All right. I want to know now. Finals. Should we make one of those, like, uh, what the fuck is it, uh, petitions to get them to tell us what what's going to happen? No. I don't like, want them
3: to tell us what's going to happen. I want the fucking movie to come out.
1: I like think some they nerds need, do with the shit think they're unhappy about.
2: Can go up to four a year. We should get like a spring, a summer, a fall,
3: and then like a Christmas. Mm-hmm. Okay, you feel like it's all seasons and then Christmas, not winter.
1: <laughs> uh, Avengers is May third, so not quite as
3: far. Oh. So. oh man, so we're getting two like right in a row.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like it. And then after that, all well, shit could hit the fan if they end up having all these other characters.
1: <laughs> yeah, you never know. And then July 5th is the next Spider-Man movie. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Spider-Man, goes to England or something. Man, like so those are right right together.
1: Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Far From Home.
2: So so the first one was Homecoming, and the second one's Far From Home. <laughs> yep. <coughs> Is the is the third one going to be Spider Man?
3: Home is where the heart is.
1: <laughs> I
3: assume that seems
1: reasonable. Yeah, that's fine. we'll uh, see. Yeah. But, don't
3: I'm, I'm sure that next Spider Man movie is going to be good. I'm sure the Venom movie is not going to be good.
1: Although I don't understand how they can make another Spider Man movie since he's you know turned to dust.
2: I have I have my doubts about the Venom movie, but the first so the first trailer I thought was a fucking joke. Second trailer, pretty good. Yeah, but... Now they've released a nice still of Venom from like the even more finished CGI product, and man, it looks real fucking good. Yeah, but how do you have a Venom movie that
3: doesn't have Spider-Man in it? It doesn't make any sense.
2: I don't know. Yeah. I'm just i i I'm going to give them a chance. They have fucking a really good actor in the role. They've got an okay director <laughs> helping it. But they're basing it off a weird fucking comic book that
3: I don't think anybody likes, so I don't get why they would do that. Well, it's also they're they're doing the DC thing where they're like taking the comic book that is not supposed to be your starting story and they're trying to use it as their starting story. Like you have to establish the character before you get there. You can't just start there. And they don't seem to understand that, so
2: I don't know. It depends it depends how they do it. If they do what the rumors say they're doing and that they're skipping to uh, the truce of basically that Spider-Man is the origin of Venom they're just ignoring it. You know what I mean? Well, uh, that's I, I can get down with that. No, because that means, the whole thing is, if they made a really, really good movie and they left it open to be connected then Marvel might be like, okay well, you did a good job. Let's like Let's work on that. (laughs) Because Marvel likes money.
3: I just don't buy that. I don't buy the idea that you...
1: The fact that they can't say the word symbiote correctly bothers me.
2: What? Symbiote? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Symbiote? Are you talking about symbiote?
1: I don't even remember. They put a weird inflection on it, so they've said it completely wrong. And I'm just like, that's... That does not give me hope for this movie i
2: don't know like i said we'll see i'm gonna go see it
1: they call it like a symbiote or something weird that, i don't know it's, Fuck dumb. Them.
3: it's dumb they shouldn't do they should, they should just do it correctly instead of doing what they're
2: doing mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. i think the the biggest problem is is there's no way for them to do a spider-man and venom movie that would be pleasing to the type of people who liked a movie like Spider-Man Homecoming. I think there is. They could they could pull it off. I, I See, I don't believe that. I think that if you attempt to do that, you end up with shitty Venom like you did in Spider-Man 3.
1: No, you see, the easiest way they could have done it is, okay, we have Infinity War. They're on another planet. He finds the symbiote. Then he goes off into Ashes or whatever. And then uh, he comes back in the, the next the next Avengers movie. And then he he has the little black suit on because that's what he decides to use. And then, uh, you know, realizes it's a living thing, wants to get rid of it. This slinks off and then you have your Venom movie.
3: Doesn't seem that complicated. No. It, that, that did sound a little
2: complicated. <laughs> that's, that sounded like a lot of random movie moments
1: nah easily could have done it if i was in charge i would have fixed it
2: we'll see like i said i've also heard a rumor that they're setting it in the future because that would be really fucking genius
1: no still don't like it
2: like i said because if they did that if they just skipped over the spider-man bit
1: and then they're like
2: this takes place five years from now yeah like, oh, no, oh, wouldn't wouldn't
1: we took a vote noah you're all voted I don't
2: fuck, fuck you guys. I, I love people who can uh, come up with a good technicality to get around shit. <laughs> uh,
1: did you see Alice Eve's gonna be playing Typhoid Mary in Iron Fist Season 2?
2: I did not. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Iron Fist Season 2 is gonna be fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. I still haven't watched Luke Cage. I need to. <sighs> yeah,
3: I'm progressing slowly through Luke Cage and it's kind of driving me nuts that I'm not done it yet.
1: Here's a
0: brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future.
1: Uh, Noah, do you want to tell everybody what we're doing next week? Uh,
2: next week, we're doing those movies I don't remember. Did we decide on Cronenberg? Cronenberg. So next, week,
1: next week, we're doing a Cronenberg episode with Rabbit and Shivers.
3: Yeah. Rabbit, going to watch it again. <laughs> I'm looking super forward to next week. I love me some Cronenberg.
2: Spoiler alert!
3: I don't pit vaginas. <laughs> what dicks inside them? Spoiler, Spoiler alert! At the end of the, each discussion, each each of those movies will get three recommends. I'm pretty sure.
1: Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.